Chapter One. What is the church? Christ's influence is to be felt in our world through His believing children. He who is converted is to exert the same kind of an influence, which through God's instrumentality was made effectual in His conversion. All our work in this world is to be done in harmony and love and unity. We are to keep the example of Christ ever before us, walking in His footsteps. Union is strength, and the Lord desires that His truth should be ever revealed in all the members of the body of Christ. All are to be united in love, in meekness, in lowliness of mind, organized into a society of believers for the purpose of combining and diffusing their influence. They are to work as Christ worked. They are ever to show courtesy and respect for one another. Every talent has its place and is to be kept under the control of the Holy Spirit. A Christian society formed for its members. The church is a Christian society formed for the members composing it, that each member may enjoy the assistance of all the graces and talents of the other members, and the working of God upon them, according to their several gifts and abilities. The church is united in the holy bonds of fellowship, in order that each member may be benefited by the influence of the other. All are to bind themselves to the covenant of love and harmony. The Christian principles and graces of the whole society of believers are to gather strength and force in harmonious action. Each believer is to be benefited and improved by the refining and transforming influence of the varied capabilities of the other members, that the things lacking in one may be more abundantly displayed in another. All the members are to draw together that the church may become a spectacle to the world, to angels, and to men. The covenant of agreement in church membership is that each member would walk in the footsteps of Christ, that all will take his yoke upon them and learn of him who is meek and lowly in heart. Doing this, ye shall, saith the dear Savior, find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Matthew chapter 11, verses 29 and 30. Those who wear Christ's yoke will draw together. They will cultivate sympathy and forbearance, and in holy emulation will strive to show to others the tender sympathy and love of which they feel such great need themselves. He who is weak and inexperienced, although he is weak, may be strengthened by the more hopeful and by those of mature experience. Although the least of all, he is a stone that must shine in the building. He is a vital member of the organized body united in Christ, the living head, and through Christ identified with all the excellencies of Christ's character so that the Savior is not ashamed to call him brother. Usefulness increased by church ties. Why are believers formed into a church? Because by this means Christ would increase their usefulness in the world and strengthen their personal influence for good. In the church there is to be maintained a discipline which guards the rights of all and increases the sense of mutual dependence. 
God never designed that one man's mind and judgment should be a controlling power. He never designed that one man should rule and plan and devise without the careful and prayerful consideration of the whole body, in order that all may move in a sound, thorough, harmonious manner. Believers are to shine as lights in the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hid. A church, separate and distinct from the world, is in the estimation of heaven the greatest object in all the earth. The members are pledged to be separate from the world, consecrating their service to one master, Jesus Christ. They are to reveal that they have chosen Christ as their leader. The church is to be as God designed it should be, a representative of God's family in another world. Letter 26, 1900. God has an organized body. Beware of those who arise with a great burden to denounce the church. The chosen ones who are standing and breasting the storm of opposition from the world and are uplifting the downtrodden commandments of God to exalt them as holy and honorable are indeed the light of the world. I tell you, my brethren, the Lord has an organized body through whom he will work. There may be more than a score of Judases among them. There may be a rash Peter who will under circumstances of trial deny his Lord. There may be persons represented by John, whom Jesus loved, but he may have a zeal that would destroy men's lives by calling down fire from heaven upon them to revenge an insult to Christ and the truth. But the great teacher seeks to give lessons of instruction to correct these existing evils. He is doing the same today with his church. He is pointing out their dangers. He is presenting before them the Laodicean message. He shows them that all selfishness, all pride, all self-exaltation, all unbelief and prejudice, which lead to resistance of the truth and turn away from the true light, are dangerous. And unless these sins are repented of, those who cherish these things will be left in darkness, as was the Jewish nation. Let every soul now seek to answer the prayer of Christ. Let every soul echo that prayer in mind, in petitions, in exhortations, that they all may be one, even as Christ is one with the Father, and work to this end. In the place of turning the weapons of warfare within our own ranks, let them be turned against the enemies of God and of the truth. Echo the prayer of Christ with your whole heart. Holy Father, keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me that they may be one as we are. John 17:11. What Christ's Prayer Envisioned The prayer of Christ is not only for those who are now his disciples, but for all those who shall believe on Christ through the words of his disciples, even to the end of the world. Jesus was just about to yield up his life to bring life and immortality to light. Christ, amid his sufferings and being daily rejected of men, looks down the lines two thousand years to his church, which would be in existence in the last days, before the close of this earth's history. The Lord has had a church from that day, through all the changing scenes of time to the present period, 1893. The Bible sets before us a model church. 
they are to be in unity with each other and with God. When believers are united to Christ, the living vine, the result is that they are one with Christ, full of sympathy and tenderness and love. Those who pronounce judgment on the church. When anyone is drawing apart from the organized body of Christ's commandment-keeping people, when he begins to weigh the church in his human scales and begins to pronounce judgment against them, then you may know that God is not leading them. He is on the wrong track. Constantly men and women are arising who become restless and uneasy, who want to set up some new contrivance to do some wonderful thing. Satan watches his opportunity to give them something to do in this line. God has given to every man his work. To restore, not tear down. There are opportunities and privileges in the church to help those who are ready to die and to inspire the church with zeal, but not to tear the church to pieces. There are plenty of opportunities in the church to walk in Christ's lines. If the heart is full of zeal to press on to a deeper sanctification and holiness, then work in that line in all humbleness and devotedness. The church needs freshness and the inspiration of men who breathe in the very atmosphere of heaven to vitalize the church, notwithstanding the tares are among the wheat. I would caution all believers to learn to maintain a godly jealousy over yourselves, lest Satan shall steal your heart away from God and you slip unconsciously into work in Satan's lines without perceiving that you have changed leaders and be found in the treacherous power of a tyrant. We are as a church to be wide awake and to work for the erring among us as laborers together with God. We are furnished with spiritual weapons mighty to the pulling down of the fortress of the enemy. We are not to hurl the thunderbolts against the church of Christ militant, for Satan is doing all he possibly can in this line, and you who claim to be the remnant of the people of God had better not be found helping him, denouncing, accusing, and condemning. Seek to restore, not to tear down, discourage, and destroy. Manuscript 21, 1893, published in the Review and Herald, November 8, 1956.